I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexanero Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to preview Kentucky basketball's game Wednesday night with the Missouri Tigers at Rupp Arena. It's a 7 o'clock start on the SEC Network. To preview the to preview the game, I talked with Lila Bromberg of the Kansas City Star, who covers Missouri basketball, and I talked with Jerry Tipton of the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com, who covers UK basketball. A disclaimer, I did these interviews before we found out Monday night that Quanzo Martin, the Missouri coach, tested positive for COVID and will not be at the game on Wednesday. As we record this, the game is still on for Wednesday night, but Quanzo Martin will not be there. Missouri will be coached by one of Quanzo's assistants. As I mentioned, it's a 7 o'clock start on the SEC Network. It is the SEC opener for both teams. Kentucky is 9-2. and two. The Wildcats are coming off two big wins, one over, over North Carolina, 98-69 in the CBS Sports Classic. The other over Western Kentucky at home, 95-60 to 60 last Wednesday. Missouri in their last game got blown out by Illinois. The Tigers are have had a two or three blowout losses. They lost big to Florida State. They lost big to Kansas. And they also lost big to Illinois. Uh, some new faces on the Missouri roster. Uh, but as I mentioned, to preview the game, I talked with Lyle Bromberg of the Kansas City Star and Jerry Tipton, the Lexanero leader. Before we get to that, I do want to mention that the Sports Pass, Sports Only digital subscription to Kentucky.com, $30 for the first year. You get all of our sports coverage, all UK basketball, all UK football. We got the Citrus Bowl coming up, Kentucky against Iowa on Saturday. You get all of our UK recruiting coverage. You get columns by Mark Story and myself, high school coverage, horse racing. You get it all, $30 for the first year. Go to my Twitter feed. Follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. At the top of my feed, the pin tweet. Click, click on that tweet. It'll take you where you need to go to find out all the information about the Sports Pass, sports only digital subscription to Kentucky.com. As I mentioned, it's thirty dollars for the first year. We appreciate everybody who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get to my interviews first with Lila Bromberg of the Kansas City Star and Jerry Tipton of the Lexington Herald Leader. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Lila Bromberg of the Kansas City Star who covers Missouri athletics and Missouri basketball. How's it going, Lila? It's going good. Thanks for having me. Did you have a nice Christmas? Did you get a break for Christmas? Uh. You know, got a little bit of 
get a little bit of a break, not too much, but, you know, it was nice to kind of get a day or two off. That's good. Uh, Kentucky and Missouri playing Wednesday night, the SEC opener for both teams at Rupp Arena. Missouri, I know, has struggled a little bit uh, this season. Uh, what has what the what is Tiger season been like uh, up to this point before they come to Rupp on Wednesday night? Yeah, it's definitely been uh, a struggle for the season. You know, going into things, it was kind of unclear how everything was going to shape out. They really only had two players returning in Kobe Brown and Javon Pickett that had seen time on the floor. And so it's, it's just kind of been a struggle so far this season of, you know, finding the right rotation of the team meshing together, um, you know, struggles on <laughs> offense and, and shooting the ball, particularly from deep, um, you know, the, the non-conference schedule wasn't that hard, but they even, you know, struggled against some, you know, really bad teams. So I, I think it's just kind of going to uh, be harder here moving forward as we get into a really good SEC season. Yeah, and obviously they had really a tough time against the top teams they played. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost big to Florida State, to Kansas, Missouri. Was there a theme to those three losses, or were there different things that hurt them in, in each of those games? I think a consistent kind of theme throughout you know, all of those big losses has been they fall behind, you know, early and oftentimes will kind of come out not shooting great offensively or, you know, a game like Kansas where they finally were shooting well. Um, they really struggled to defend, especially um, from deep. And so that's really been a big thing throughout all of those losses is they fall behind early and are never really able to get back into it. And you've just seen a consistent struggle to um, both defend and score in, in those games. And it's just, you know, gets out of hand pretty quickly. They, they did have a nice win against Utah, I know, before they played Illinois. What, what did they do well in that Utah game? Yeah, I, th- I think a you know big factor in that Utah game is Utah had its best player out due to uh, COVID protocols, which I think was a big factor. And then really it was Kobe Brown that won them that game. He scored 12 consecutive points for Mizzou uh, down the stretch in the second half there uh, to give them a lead that they're able to hold on to the rest of the way. And he's really been the key for Missouri all of this season, leading them in scoring, rebounding, uh, and assists so far. Yeah, okay, well, let's let's talk about their strengths coming into this. And you mentioned about Kobe Brown. Was he? You mentioned he was one of the very few returners on this uh, uh, Missouri team. Was he expected to be their leader and to have a big season? Yeah, I think he was expected to be a leader for his team. He was the only person returning who was really part of that starting lineup, but um, I don't think anyone was expecting him to kind of be as good as he has been. I think a lot of it has been just, he's really had to pick up the weight because, um, you know, some of the other transfers and players that they had come in haven't been producing as much as they, you know, would have liked. Um, But, you know, definitely with the season he's having right now of averaging, you know, almost 15 points a game and, uh, around nine rebounds uh, has definitely, you know, I think been more than what people are expecting, a huge jump in uh, what we've seen from him in past seasons. Uh, you mentioned Javon Pickett as another as another uh, guy returning from last year. How's he played? Yeah, I think, you know, Javon Pickett, and this has kind of been a theme throughout his career, is he's just kind of, you know, been a little bit spotty. Um, he's had some big games here and there, Um against Kansas, you know, he was able to score 19. 
um, has had a couple games where he scored in double figures, including the opening game of the season where he had 18. Um, but then, you know, you have games where he's shooting like last time out against Illinois, where he shot one for eight from the floor and only at three points. So I think that's something that is going to be huge for Missouri moving forward is if they can get him to play with a bit more consistency. You mentioned the transfers uh, on this team. Who who are some of those transfers and how have they figured into the mix so far? Yeah, so really the majority of this team is made up from transfers and then a lot of freshmen uh, that have come in. Um, you know, one of the biggest transfers that has been a consistent starter is Duan Gordon, uh, who came from Kansas State. He's averaging 8.3 uh, points and 4.8 rebounds for them right now. Um, and then you've had Amari Davis and Ronnie DeGray playing big roles as well. Um, Amari Davis averaging uh, 10.4 points, which is second on the team. Um, and Ronnie DeGray also averaging 8.3. Um, both of them were in the starting lineup, Amari and uh, Gordon, for a bit. They've now been replaced by freshmen in the starting lineup in the last two games. Uh, but they've definitely been big contributors. And then Jaron Coleman, um, who came from Green Bay, he's, you know, been in and out in terms of consistency, missed a couple games due to a team policy, but he's averaging 8.4. Um, they're definitely looking for a bit more from him as well. Yeah, okay. And what about those freshmen? You mentioned a couple of them have been put, put in the starting lineup now. Who are, so, who are the freshmen that Kentucky fans should look for? Yeah. So the last two games, Anton Brookshire and uh, Trevin Brazil have both uh, been in that starting lineup. Um, Trevin Brazil had to miss uh, most of the early season. He's only played in four games now. Um, he had you know, some sort of health issue off the court that wasn't entirely disclosed. So they've kind of been ramping up his minutes moving forward. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that has a lot of length. He's 6'9 um, and is, you know, really long and has been impressing for them so far. And I think his role is just going to continue to increase. Um, played, you know, had career highs across the board against Illinois with 11 points uh, and five rebounds in 24 minutes. And then he managed six blocks, um, a lot of those against a guy like Kofi Coburn, which is not really an easy thing to do. So yeah. <laughs> that's someone that, you know, as the season goes on, it could be really key for them. I know Conzo Martin's teams have always been known as hard-nosed, good defensive teams. Have they been? I know they've had trouble scoring in some games. Have they been defensively? Yeah, I, I think the defense has been a source of frustration for him at times this year, um, especially when you look at guarding from deep. Right now, they're 331st in the country out of 358 Division One teams, allowing opponents to shoot 38.7% from deep right now. Um, allowed Illinois to score 88 against them. Kansas scored 102. Um, so that's really been kind of a struggle and something that hasn't really been characteristic with his past teams. So, you know, with the combination of them not really being able to score and then not playing as good as defensively as teams under him normally would, you know, that's been a big problem for them. What, uh, yeah, that, that very uncharacteristic of Conzo's teams in the past, both when he was at Tennessee in the SEC mm-hmm. and now at Missouri. I know, I know whenever Kentucky plays him, uh, John Calipari always makes a point of how much respect he has for Conzo and how, just how hard they play. What, what, how does the Missouri fan base feel about this? Uh, this, uh, Conzo, this is his fifth year, I think, uh, at Missouri. How, how do they feel about how the program is going right now? 
Yeah, it's his fifth year, and I, I think the fan base is at a point right now where they're you know pretty frustrated. I think just especially um, they they lost the game earlier in the season to Kansas City, um, which you know was just a really embarrassing result there, and then to be able to to lose like they did to a team like Liberty on the road. They lost that game um, by over 20 points. And then the blowout defeats the Kansas and Illinois. There's definitely kind of a sense of frustration there of the team just not being as competitive as it should be in year five under him. What about the what about its recruiting for the future? Is there hope for the future as far as his recruiting goes, or is that up in the air? Yeah, I mean, we'll see how that goes moving forward. They do have Aiden Shaw on board for next year. Um, and he's a four-star, is their first four-star he's had joined the program since that really good recruiting class in his first year in 2017. So that's definitely, um, you know, something that fans will like moving forward and seeing what, you know, they've seen from a freshman in Trevin Brazil, as I mentioned. Um, it's definitely a good sign for a future, but um, we'll see what happens. I think there's definitely a sense of frustration and with just kind of a lack of competitiveness so far this year. Well, I know with the start of the SEC play, with the start of SEC play, it's kind of an opportunity for him to kind of turn the page and start fresh, start anew. Obviously, it's uh, it's it's a pretty rough assignment starting out having to open the SEC play at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But what does what does Missouri have to do on Wednesday if they have a chance of uh, upsetting Kentucky or at least giving Kentucky a really competitive game? Yeah, so I, I think at this point we kind of know that the three point shooting is not going to be there for. Missouri. So, you know, the challenge is really going to be being able to score inside and how effective they can be. I think that rebounding is going to be a huge key in this game. When you look at Missouri's offense, uh, over 15% of their points this season have come from put back buckets and, you know, offensive rebounding is really where they've, uh, you know, been able to stay alive on offense this year. And obviously, you know, facing Kentucky team that has, you know, a guy like Oscar Shibway um, and has one of the, you know, top 25 offensive rebounding rate, um, you know, for against opponents. Um, I think that's going to be a big challenge and something that is really going to be key in this game is if they can, you know, still get the second chance points that they're used to getting um, against a team that's as good as rebounding as Kentucky. Yeah, obviously that yeah rebounding is a big key because it's something Kentucky does does do uh, really well. They've been kind of off and on shooting th- the three this year. They've shot the three well the last couple of games, but before that in the game against Notre Dame that they lost, they were only two of nineteen from three. And as you mentioned, Missouri's had trouble guarding the three, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as well on Wednesday night at Brup. Uh, Lala, tell the Tell my listeners uh, where they can follow you on Twitter and where they can find your stories online leading up to the game and after the game when Kentucky and Missouri play on Wednesday. Yeah, my Twitter is Lila B. Bromberg. Uh, L-I-L-A is my first name, then B. Bromberg. Uh, you can find my work uh, on the Kansas City Star website as well. Well, we sure appreciate you being on the podcast. Look forward to seeing you on Wednesday night. You said you're looking forward to coming to Rep Arena. Hopefully we'll have a game uh, at Rep Arena on Wednesday. Uh, what, is Rep Arena, just as a college basketball person, you, a place you want to see? What, 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 why are you looking forward to coming to Rep on Wednesday? Yeah, I mean, been a huge college basketball you know, person as long as I can remember. So, you know, it's been a building that's been on my list for a while, and 
you know, excited to come out there and a lot of talent on this Kentucky team. So, you know, excited to see them in person. It'll be great to get SEC play underway. As we say, we've got our fingers crossed that there will be a <laughs> game on Wednesday. Right. And uh, hopefully you won't be making the trip in vain. And I look forward to meeting you and seeing you there on Wednesday. And I urge everybody to check out your coverage. Thanks again, Lyle. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, my guest on the podcast now is Jerry Tipton, my friend and colleague who covers UK basketball for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. How was your Christmas, Jerry? <laughs> well, very merry. We had we had the family come together and uh you know, we had a lot of fun, had a nice meal and uh you know, everything was good. It was nice to be together and in a relaxed, fun atmosphere. Yeah, and with a little break from basketball before, uh, uh, after Kentucky played last week and before Kentucky's uh, SEC opener on Wednesday night against Missouri. But before we talk about that, let, let's dial the clock back a little bit. Uh, Kentucky coming off two big wins, uh, one over North Carolina in 98-69 out in Las Vegas in that CBS Sports Classic. Then they followed up with a 95-60 win over Western Kentucky last Wednesday, an obvious improvement over that 66-62 loss to the, at Notre Dame back on uh, December the 11th. But what do you think made the difference for Kentucky in the last two games as compared to that Notre Dame game? Well, I think the most obvious thing is shooting, especially from three-point range. You know, they were two for 19 on threes at Notre Dame. Since then, they've made, I believe it's 17 of 35. So almost 50% shooting from three. And everything looks better when the ball goes in the basket. And I think the other thing that jumps out at me is the uh, passing. Mm. But they had nine assists at Notre Dame, and I believe they've had uh, uh, 20. They had 20 against North Carolina and 27 against Western Kentucky. And the thing that kind of jumped out at me, was uh, late in the Western Kentucky game. Of course, the, the, it was decided mm-hmm. way before. And in the last minute or so, the walk-ons were in the game. They were passing the ball, mm-hmm. making the extra pass. They got a layup. And, uh, you know, that suggested to me that, uh, you know, that message has come through loud and clear, and the players see that. Yeah, they're definitely passing the ball better. You could notice that in the North Carolina game and carried over to the Western Kentucky game. Is that severe, Wheeler? He had eight assists in each of the first two games. Is he the impetus behind that, or do you think it's everybody has gotten in on the act as far as making sure that they pass the ball around to get better shots? Well, let's put it this way. The guy that uh, I think looks like uh, Xavier 
and I've we've ki- I've kidded him and Xavier about it is Kareem Watkins. I believe he had an assist in the uh, Western Kentucky game. I think he made the pass there in the last minute or so. Mm-hmm. It got a layup. So that's a long way of saying I think it's a lot of people. Uh, Ty Ty had six assists in that game. Jacob Toppin had six. That right. may be a high for both of them. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's a team-wide. I think 47 assists in two games is more than one guy, although I would say Savir kind of sets the tone. Yeah. And obviously, Kellen Grady, back-to-back really good games uh, against both Carolina and Western. Do you think that's because of the uh, uh, the, the the improvement in passing, working the ball around? Is he getting better shots? Is he more confident in his game, or is it just a combination of those things? Yeah, I would probably guess a combination. I know Cal has uh, talked about how, uh, you know, catch the ball sort of uh, w- and be ready to shoot rather than have to gather yourself. I remember him saying that's high school, uh, that you, you, you have the freedom to gather yourself and then go up on the college level. He was uh, seemed to be suggesting the defense will have time to react and defend a shot if, if you gather yourself before shooting. So, uh, you know, I, my guess is it's a lot of that. Plus, you know, you shoot from threes. You're not going to make. He was five of seven against North Carolina, and he was a six of nine uh, against Western. He's probably not going to do that game after game. He's going to have some games where they're not going in. I think that's kind of the nature of the three. But, you know, you have to believe he's a good shooter. Yeah, obviously. And obviously the big another big story out of the Western Kentucky game, Oscar Chibwe, 28 rebounds, uh, and a Rupp Arena record, single-game record. I mean, Jerry, you covered Kentucky basketball for a long time. I mean, Oscar's putting up some incredible rebounding numbers. Uh, does he remind you of anybody that you've covered at Kentucky? Is he the best rebounder you've ever seen, or is it too early to say anything like that? What, what, how does he fit into what you've seen in the past from Kentucky basketball? Well, I think the numbers suggest you have to put him at the top. Uh-huh. You know, he's 20. I think he's had 20 or more rebounds in three games, yeah. at least. The, and, uh, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. I believe he had 17 rebounds in the second half against Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and he, he seems to take a lot of pride. I liked how he responded to that. I can't remember who asked him uh, from the media, but about why. And he said he put his heart into it. I can't remember. the. He had like four things. Heart was one of them. And effort maybe. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, it seems like he takes a lot of pride in it. Right. And, uh, I can't remember which teammate it was where Oscar, the teammate said that Oscar at the beginning of the season said he wanted to average 20 rebounds and the players laughed. <laughs> and cause you know, that seemed far fetched. I don't think, I don't, the, the way he said it, they're not laughing anymore that it's realistic and, you know, uh, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I I'm, well, it's no secret. Everybody knows it. So you figure that other teams are going to be boxing him out like maniacs. But uh, at least so far, it hasn't made a difference. Yeah, he's got three games of uh, 20 or more rebounds. Duke, Robert Morrison, and the 28 against uh, Western Kentucky. 23 defensive rebounds. Uh, he had five offensive rebounds. And the one game where he did not hit double figures and rebounds, he only had seven, was at Notre Dame, where Kentucky was actually out-rebounded in that game. It's the only game this year they've been out-rebounded. And uh, so, I mean, is this 
that's got to be, I would think, the number one strength of this team so far, would you say? Well, yeah, I believe they lead the nation in they rebound do. market. They do. And, uh, of course, it helps, Oscar, when the other team doesn't shoot well. And so there's rebounds to be got. Right. And that Western shot 32.8%, 15% on threes, three mm-hmm. of 20. So that, you know, obviously there's more rebounds to get. Right. And he, he take, as I think I said, that he takes a lot of pride mm-hmm. in getting those rebounds. So I think a uh, UK's defense uh, probably needs to be credited too. They're, they're defending and, uh, you know, nobody's just shooting it up on them. Right. That I remember. Uh, the game Wednesday night, Missouri struggling. Their six Conzo Martin's team is six and six. They've been blown out uh, by Kansas, Illinois in their last game. Blew them out before that. Florida State, and this isn't a vintage Florida State team. Uh, beat them pretty handily early. They're having their struggles. Uh, what about this game on Wednesday? Is there anything in particular that you're looking for from Kentucky when they go up against a Missouri team when this is not one of Conzo's better teams? Yeah, I don't know. I guess you could sort of play off the idea that uh, John Calipari said uh, after the North Carolina game going into Western that they had to verify uh-huh. that performance against uh, North Carolina, that it wasn't just a one-time thing. So now, you know, maybe the challenge is to be as peppy uh, to play Missouri, which is kind of a uh team, you know, yeah. six and six and not picked to finish high in the league. They got a lot of new players. They're starting over. I don't sense that there's anything galvanizing about them. You know, mm-hmm. maybe Conzo will cooperate and say, we're coming to Kentucky and we're going to kick Kentucky's butt. <laughs> that, that would be helpful. But, but he's probably not going to do that. No, probably not. <laughs> No, that's probably probably not going to give him any uh, bulletin board uh, material. Uh, that's in for case Cons sure. listens to your podcast. I, I was just kidding, Cons. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, you never know. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Uh, well, Jerry, what about the you know the the fear as we come into this week? I mean, as we we're recording this on Monday afternoon, uh, the ACC announced this morning at three. ACC games for Wednesday have already been canceled. I think Duke's next two games are canceled. Uh, notice Scotty Davenport just put something out at Bellarmine that their game Wednesday night was canceled. They're looking for uh, a replacement for Wednesday night. Cal said the other night, you know, if they have games that are postponed or canceled, he's going to try and play other games. I mean, uh, how up in the air is all this as we head into, you know, the last week of December and then into the first week of January? Well, yeah. I mean, I think the, uh, I think, and I have written this that uh, the motto is expect the unexpected. Yeah. And uh, you know, everything is fluid. Right. It certainly seems like, and you know, you just have to, you know, roll with it. I mean, I don't know what the alternative is. Right. And uh, just try to be prepared to. Uh, I'm, I, you know, John Calipari. I know he has said, you know, we're concentrating on us, which seems like a pretty uh, sound thing to do. You know what right. I mean? Kind of setting the standard. Here's how we are going to play. Right. And I'm sure they prep for the opponent, but, you know, the, the way they want to play is going to apply to whoever they play. Right. So with some, var- you know, some uh, variations. So, well, we'll see. I mean, I hope it's uh, – I would like a nice routine myself. Right. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. But I'm not counting on it. Right. And then the SEC announced last week that they are cha- they did change 
like their uh, guidelines for games. If you have seven scholarship players, I believe they said, uh, who can play and one coach, they're going ahead with the game. Is that just so they're they're trying whatever they can to not uh, have or to avoid having uh, forfeited games and that sort of thing? I guess. I mean, seven players seems uh, like not a lot. Right. Uh, and we'll see. It seems a little uh, risky to me yeah. that that would suggest multiple guys, players tested positive. Right. And so, you know, <laughs> I would be a little uneasy about that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so we'll see I mean, how it we'll plays see. out. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to see how it plays out. I uh, I know John Calipari said eight, remember he said eight players. Right. He sort of his minimum. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, usually rotations are eight or so. Yeah. You know, seven, I mean, it's, you know, I guess you can do it. But I, the, my one thought I had was the movie Hoosiers where uh, uh, the coach is not happy with a player. The player's not listening. So somebody files out. And they only have four players, and uh, the guy gets up thinking, "Okay, he's going in." And the coach says, "No, we're playing with four. Right? Maybe we'll see that." <laughs> Dean Hackman. Yeah. Well, I hope not. <laughs> I hope well, we don't see that situation. I hope it doesn't come to that. Uh, well, Kentucky. I want two of the four to be Oscar and Sabir. <laughs> That's and right. We'll there you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, your point guard and your center, your rebounder and your assist guy, definitely. Right, that would be where I would start. With right, four men up. Better put those guys in a bubble so they're not with <laughs> any chance of getting COVID. That's for sure. So, right. uh, one last question, Jerry, before I let you go. As I mentioned, SEC play starts on Wednesday. Uh, anybody and what you've seen from the preseason stick out to you in the league so far? Well, I mean, you know, I. I, I think, I, you know, the teams that I thought I would like, I like Alabama. I'm a little surprised that LSU is off to the yeah. – not because I anticipated something other than that. I just didn't – I wasn't prepared for 12-0 and 0 or whatever their record is. Right. And near the top of the NET yeah. rankings. Number three. Yeah, there they are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Kentucky plays them next week. So, yeah. I believe. So, that's – That's uh, correct. Down Baton Rouge. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see firsthand right. what to think of them. But, yeah, I mean, it seems like to me that so far, and it's early, you know, the teams that you thought con- that would be contenders, I thought Auburn would be would be good, and they're off to a good start also. I think there's four or five ranked teams now. Right. Uh, so we'll see. We'll yeah. see. It should be fun, yeah. I hope. Yeah. No, it should be a strong league. Should be a good league. And hopefully COVID will uh will cooperate that we can get the game in Wednesday night and go on. Kentucky has high point on Friday, the Tubby Smith game, and then go to LSU next Tuesday. So uh, be sure and follow Jerry on Twitter at Jerry Tipton. Uh check out all of his work on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of Daryl Leader. And Jerry, as always, thanks for being on the podcast. In my pleasure, John. Take care. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. I want to thank my guests, Lila Bromberg of the Kansas City Star and Jerry Tipton of the Lexington Herald Leader. Remember, we'll have plenty of coverage leading up to, during, and after the game as Kentucky plays Missouri on Wednesday night. You can follow my blog, the Sidelines blog, for the updates, a dedicated Twitter feed during the game, giving you updates from Rupp Arena for the game. It's a 7 o'clock starter, as I mentioned, on the SEC Network. I'll have my three takeaways after the game, plenty of coverage from Mark's 
story, Jerry and myself. So be sure and look for that. And we'll have plenty of coverage leading up to the bowl game, Citrus Bowl game on Saturday, Kentucky against Iowa. I have a podcast with Josh Moore, uh, Kentucky-Iowa preview podcast a little later in the week for a look for that as well. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. You can send me an email, jclay at Harold hyphen leader.com. Thanks again to Lila Bromberg and Jerry Tipton. And thanks everyone for listening. We'll catch you next time on the John Clay podcast.